Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Ringers Phillies special. Sheila Capati here, joined by Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. Ben is in a nice hotel room in beautiful Mobile, Alabama. He's already scouting college players here. And I shouldn't say already. You know, we're uh, in February here. He's scouting college players down there. People have been coming up to you, Ben, left and right, being like the Ringers Philly special. Uh, what a podcast. I'm listening to it right now, dry, left and right, right? Yeah. I, they, they can't stop. I was in a Chick-fil-A with uh, Philly Philadelphia Eagles employees, right? They're, they're, they're some of the, the training, the medical staff here. And people were coming in, dodging those individuals wearing Eagles gear to tell them talk to <laughs> me about the team and telling me how, how good the pod's doing. Not actually what happened, but yes, I was in a Chick-fil-A when the Eagles training staff was there and somebody told me they really enjoyed the show. And I was like, that's an Eagles staff member if you want to talk to them about their season. Like They kind of did a little bit more than I did. So it was a funny moment. But yeah, uh, Mobile's a fun as always. The uh, NFL draft class, NFL draft process is fun and zany and, and, and talent riddled as always. Um, but yeah, it's the one week hiatus you get. You do a little bit of, you know, oh, the college game and then boom, Super Bowl, right back to it. I love it. I don't do any of this. I'm just going to lean on your guys' draft takes. April 1st, I'll form a couple ridiculous takes uh, of yeah. my own as we prepare. Imagine for the caring draft, about but... free agency. Could never be me, but that's what Shield does. That, 
That's May. Come on, we can't ignore that. I mean, we'll talk about this Eagles team. Where would they be? You guys are talking about these. I'm talking about a Hassan Reddick type addition. That's that's where. Come on, that's that's how you get to the Super Bowl. All right, Benjamin. I didn't have, as, as people can probably tell, since I'm just rambling, we're going nowhere. I don't have like a strict, here's what we're talking about today. I wanted to do a little confidence check, a little temperature check. I've caught up on that Chiefs-Bengals uh, game, been looking at some stuff early in the week, trying to form my opinions. We still got a ways to go. We're going to be both be in Glendale, recording from there, starting on Monday. But I had some questions. I wanted to see how you're feeling, and then I wanted to present you with some findings that I have or some takes that I have and see if you agree or disagree. So first of all, what's your confidence level in this Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts going into the Super Bowl? It's been a very strange last month. You know, we had the, he comes back from the injury. You have that week 18 Giants game. Doesn't really matter. You beat the, you beat the Giants in the divisional round and you know, the offense plays pretty well. Then you face the 49ers in the championship game and the offense does what it needs to do. But I wouldn't say mm-hmm. that would be, you know, a film or a performance that you would say, wow, they really stuck it to the 49ers. Then again, Niners, best defense in the NFL. So how are you feeling after uh, presumably having digested the film? If, if you had time to do that on your oh, way yeah. to Mobile, you did. Uh, so how are you feeling about this offense as we look ahead to this matchup against the Chiefs? Uh, like before... The Niners game, I would have been like I'm at a nine with this offense. Like they, as Greg Olson, I thought enunciated wonderfully in the pregame talk uh, before Eagles Niners. This team can just beat you in every single way. So I mean, we've talked about it a lot this season. They just kind of look different week over week out. By quarter two, they figured out what you don't like and they know how to do it. They did it in this Niners game where the first couple drives, right? They had those three and outs, trying to pass the ball, trying to do like you know bluff blocks, arc reads on the ends, slow down Nick Bosa. That's not working. They go, all right, we're just gonna run the ball between the tackles, right? Like by, they, they figure it out on you and they're so talented. They have a, uh, a top five uh, tight end. They have a top five and a top 15 receiver. They have a top five running game overall, right? And then they have Jalen Hurts, top 10 quarterback. Like this offensive line's one of one. They're incredible. Then they played poorly against the Niners, right? Like oh, the offense did not play well. Hurts did not play well against the Niners. And I'm still a nine. That's what teams do against the Niners, man. The only offense that didn't do that was the Chiefs the other guys who made it here you know it's it's most of these offenses that that, yeah most of the offenses that run into the Niners defense uh struggle and and especially in a playoff environment with with the Niners defense that figured out really quickly after the Purdy injury that they were gonna have to step up I'm not like I'm not surprised that the Eagles struggled on film like a lot of their their scoring drives are just continuations off of penalties and off of off of some knucklehead stuff like all in all in all yes they struggle but it doesn't affect my confidence level too much because I didn't think they were gonna walk out and be like dominant you know what I'm saying they struggled the ways I think we anticipated they would uh you look at this Chiefs defense you look at uh uh a defense that's not super great against mobile quarterbacks over the last couple of years. A defense that's playing a lot of rookies. A defense that's got some injuries. Legereus Sneed, Willie Gay. Yeah, you expect the Eagles offense to be right back where they were. Scoring a lot of points. Uh, Spags is a really good DC, but altogether, Eagles offense is just so much talent. Okay, that's interesting. I wasn't sure where you were going to uh, go with that when you started out. I was wondering if you were going to say the 49ers. Yeah, that was, that was, you see, I said that went up. I said, yeah. well, previously my conference would have been a nine. I got you. Yeah. Uh, just to expand on Hurts, I mean, this, this was not a, a, a good Hurts game. I mean, he was, uh, I thought, jittery. 
in the pocket, little sort of indecisive, leaning, clean, leaving clean pockets. Now the Niners, yep. that was kind of their game plan was to keep him in there. And again, I should just emphasize over and over again, best defense in the NFL all season long, your outdoor weather conditions, all those things. But you saw that from Hertz. Also the deep passing game since he's come back and it might have nothing to do with the fact that he's coming back from a shoulder injury, but he's missed more than he's hit since he's come back. I mean, I was just looking at the numbers since he returned from injury three for 10 on passes that have gone 20 yards or more. And if you don't count that Devonte Smith catch, which again, Hey, in the box score, it counts. It would be two for 10. And yeah. you know, even in this game, I mean, it's been such a big factor for them all season long. And I don't think we've taken it for granted. Cause I think we've given him credit every week when he's just throwing these beautiful go balls down the sideline. And it hasn't happened sort of since he's come back, you know, he overthrows AJ mm-hmm. Brown uh, on the one, the same thing happened the previous week, the one to Devonte Smith, he probably underthrew a little bit, but kind of gave him a chance at a contested yeah. catch. And then he had another one to AJ Brown, which was really just, I mean, you can't really distinguish that from throwing the ball away. I mean, he really missed badly way outside, way out of bounds where he doesn't, uh, doesn't even give AJ Brown an opportunity there. So that's a huge thing to watch going into this game. And it sounds dumb. It, you know, oh yeah. Wow. If he completes more passes downfield, that's good for the offense, but it has just been at kind of the core of what this team has done. They haven't overthought it. it was, hey, you have an opportunity to take your one-on-ones on the outside, by the way, that's going to be against these corners against the Chiefs. Uh, that's going to be a nice option to have with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Uh, you really hope that uh, you hit some more of those than you have over the last three games here. Yeah, I think right. it probably deserves restatement because we said it a lot at the end of the regular season and into the playoffs. And once like, the Giants game happened and the Niners game happened and all the stuff that happened in the Niners game happened, we kind of moved away from it. But this hurts injury. We found out pretty quickly, like, yeah, he played through it in the in the Bears game. It was more serious than we thought in terms of like being a SC joint versus an AC joint injury. And Hertz has been very clear since he's kind of like come back into the of the offense, right? Like anytime he gets asked about it, he's like, the playoffs, we're gutting it out. Like he is less than 100%. Absolutely. I remember uh, an extra point taken on our show in the NFL feed shield uh, after the, the Niners beat the Cowboys, I gave the take that like, Hey, like Brock Purdy had a bad game, but it's good news for the Niners because they just had a Brad Brock Purdy game and won. They beat a really good Cowboys team. It shows they're a complete team. It's the same thing with the Eagles. Like, like Jalen Hurts played one of his worst games of the season and of recent memory. Eagles won. Now they got knocked two quarterbacks out of the game, which is you know a big part of the reason. But they were still able to move the football, right? They still got into third and shorts and fourth and shorts and they ran the ball and they you know got the turnover the the penalties that extended drives like they still moved the ball offensively it wasn't their best performance but uh i don't think that like hurts playing badly against the niners is like a a poor tension of things to come it is a little bit because he's banged up but it's more so just saying like hey you know they got 11 guys and you know landon dickerson might have a bad game with the bad elbow against the chiefs aj brown might have a bad game against the Chiefs. Like, like somebody might underperform some of these talented players. There's 10 other dudes. They're really good. And so for Hurts to have a bad game and the Eagles offense still to work, it's just a testament to how deep the team is. 
Yeah, it's a good point. They still, like like you said, they always seem to find answers when something's not working. We talked about this in the postgame pod. Mylotta calling it a chess match after the game. Uh, Ted Wynn had a good video on this. There's been all, it's it's very fun in, in 2023, the amount of smart people who can just, you know, churn out uh, content and you can uh, kind of click on uh, the film stuff. And so the stuff they were doing in the run game with the three by one formations with their uh, running zone, uh, to the weak side uh, and then, you know, some counters off of that, the, the QB designed run to Jalen hurts to beat kind of the run blitz. I mean, there were all these things going back and forth throughout the course of a game where you look at the final numbers and say it wasn't great, but they put together three long touchdown drives uh, against the best defense in the NFL. And so that is, that is certainly not a bad place to be. Did did anything else stick out with to to you with uh, the run game or anything else uh, on film from that performance? I, I continue to go back to how they use Kelsey as a weapon, right? And uh, so many of those out that you talked about running that zone weak, right? And the issue when you run zone weak is you're going to run three against three, right? You're going to have three offensive linemen, no tight end because you're running to the weak side, the strong side of the side with the tight end. And you're going to be doing that against a, a defensive tackle, a guy setting the edge, and then a linebacker. And it, the, it, in the case of the Niners, you're running at Dre Greenlaw and the Eagles beat up on Dre Greenlaw. Like they they did a yes. really nice job pick, picking on some of his issues. Um but Greenlaw got all Provost this year. Like he's not a perfect player, but this is a good player. So you're running you're running 3 on 3. You're, the numbers aren't good on the weak side. Well, when you have Jason Kelsey, you can have that guard just down block the tackle and you can pull Jason Kelsey, right? It looks like it's like a pulling play. It looks like a power play cuz Kelsey's on the run. It's really still zone and they're just kind of changing the, who's got who on the blocks. And now it's Kelsey one on one in space with a linebacker. I don't care who you are. I like my matchup. I like Jason Kelsey one-on-one in space with a linebacker with a head of steam. And that that simple reality of having Kelsey so you can run that, that wipe adjustment and you can run zone that way is a luxury that, like, the Eagles have. And, like, you know, like the Vikings kind of have it with Garrett Bradbury, like, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know. Like, not, like, 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 even the, like, the Chiefs don't do it with Creed Humphrey. You know, it's hard to listen, like, the best centers, you know. You don't, you don't see teams get to do this. And it's a reminder that, like, the Eagles got five skill position players and then a sixth, and it's the center. Yeah. And it the way that they, they, they get to use him is just bananas. He's, he's the first offensive line weapon ever in the NFL. I love him. Not really, actually. There's tackles. It's the first offensive line center weapon that you've ever seen. It's really cool. Yeah, I think I said it in the last pod, like just watching that film, I'm just like stunned at how well he's playing. Not because you haven't seen it before, but like I legitimately think this is the best he's ever played. And to do that at this age, just snap in and snap out. I mean, he was killing people in this game. I mean, Javon Kinlaw had a long day at the office on the Boston Scott touchdown run. Kelsey just pops Nick Bosa to the ground on that play. Like this is highlight level stuff that he's doing week in and week out. What we said, yeah. What we said on the, on the show coming up, like Eric Armstead's good. Everybody else, they're built to rush the passer and the Eagles just moved them off the ball, man. I like, you know, I don't want to get too football guy over here, but there's something about just like five yards of displacement on a double team. that's just demoralizing against like the top defense in the league. It's a good day in the office. Feels good. The other guy I thought was Jordan Mailata was destroying people uh, also in this game, and I think he's played well here um, in the playoffs, specifically in the run game, just absolutely killing people. So they deserve credit there. The other thing I'll say about Hurts is that 
there's stuff that you get with Hurts that doesn't show up in the box score. For example, like you were mentioning, what they did to the Niners linebackers, I mean, with the RPOs and with the threat of Jalen Hurts running, Fred Warner, they, like I think it was a 17-yard run to Gainwell, Fred Warner is standing there frozen. Like he does not yeah. move because he doesn't know where the ball is going. He loves like, I don't to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's a big thing that Fred does on his film where he'll just like stand there and not move. And it's like, I don't know, it's like idiosyncratic. Get I think there it's just weird. Anyway. But it looks so funny on the film because he's <laughs> yeah. just reading past and he's totally wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, those linebackers, certainly they made some plays. The Niners absolutely made some plays, but the Eagles did a nice job uh, against those linebackers. So if you don't have a threat as a runner at a qu- at quarterback, you don't get that. And then also, I just thought with the Niners' pass rush, uh, they absolutely were focused on keeping him in the pocket. We've talked about this other times this season where it helps your offensive. The offensive line is great, don't get me wrong, but it helps your offensive line when the defensive line is saying, hey, don't, you know, don't get up too high where he can take off uh, and score. Scramble, don't get too aggressive here because he can take off and scramble. And I thought that was a key in this game uh, as well. So th- those are things you get, you get with Hurts that don't necessarily show up in a box score. Now, one thing I was looking up, Benjamin, I like to do this exercise. I like to look at every sort of offensive performance and see how many below average offensive performances did you had? And so uh, I was looking at the Eagles in terms of just offensive success rate. Um, and for those, I know we've explained this before, but that way you kind of mitigate how much a turnover or a big play factors into some of the other numbers. Cause it just looks at what percentage of your plays were successful and what percentage of your plays were not successful. The Eagles have had four below average offensive performances uh, league wide in terms of success rate. And uh, two of, Oh, you want to try to guess them? Go ahead. It's uh, Colts, Cardinals, Niners are for sure three of them. No, that's only one of them. Oh, wait. I was surprised. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, so wait. Oh, but it, okay, wait. Four all season. So it's including the Minshew games. I was thinking Hurts games. Okay. Um, um. Yes. So Saints? Wait, or did I just do the Hurts games? All right. See, so now you threw, threw me for uh, a loop get, here. This is, you got to check the veracity of this data. This is bad by me. The Saints game, was it a below average performance or not in terms of offensive success rate? That is what Benjamin Solak is asking me. I am buying time here. This is absolutely our worst podcast moment since we started the show in August. <laughs> this isn't even that important. About- I'm literally just trying to guess on something you're going to talk about ben, anyway. Can, it doesn't require ben, time. Can you, talk, can you talk about thermostats or jeans right. or uh, something I, uh, else here? Because I can't find it. No, we, we, we don't uh, edit this. All right, you know what? I'm going to come back to that, <laughs> that stat on the next podcast to make sure I didn't screw it up. So whatever. You're feeling confident about the Eagles offense. Now, there are things absolutely working in their favor, a few of them. One is Jalen Hurts is going to be two weeks of rest going into that game. That is a good thing. We'll be healthier. You are playing indoors. I think that is a nice option for a team that likes to throw the ball downfield. Although, yeah, that other team, uh, it it will help their passing game uh, as well for sure. And then you're facing a defense that is not nearly as good as the defense you just faced. So, yeah, I think there's a scenario where they face this Chiefs defense and they absolutely light them up. But, you know, if, if, if you're someone who wants to be a little Negadelphian, if you've got a little like Ben's process of start early in the week of thinking the Eagles are going to get killed and then eventually get to the Eagles winning and you need to talk to your friends about why they're going to lose, you could at least drop a little morsel or two there. All right, let's move to the other side of the ball, Ben. 
your confidence level in this defense against one Patrick Mahomes. And also curious, now that I've watched Mahomes from last week, what you thought about his performance with the bum ankle against the Bengals. Confidence level in this defense against Mahomes? Three. And, you know, I, mm. I, I'll put it to you this way. Every time somebody explains to me how the Eagles' defense is going to beat Mahomes and beat the Chiefs, they go like, you remember that in 2019 Super Bowl, right? Mahomes off the toe injury, and like the Bucks have this great front, and the, the front's going to be able to win the whole time because the Chiefs' line is banged up. They're going to be able to pressure him, and he's going to run around back there, and, and it's just going to be like, incredible. All of that like sounds legit. Like It makes sense. Like Yeah, I could see that happening in this game. The implication is that Patrick Mahomes is going to lose a second Super Bowl the same way he lost a first. <laughs> that, to me, is tough. That's where I'm like, yeah. like I think the Eagles' offensive, defensive line is a huge advantage over the Chiefs' offensive line. I think they're going to be able to generate pressure on Mahomes. I also think the entire arc of the last season and a half to two seasons of Mahomes has been, hey, every single team that plays me never blitzes me. All they do is rush four and drop seven. I have to be able to play better against defenses that are trying to take away deep throws, force me to throw underneath, and trying to beat me with just a four-down pass rush. And then he did. This and this is the this is the second generation of Mahomes' superhero ness. This is the the reason why it's not the elite quarterbacks of which Mahomes is the best. It's it's the elite quarterbacks, then Mahomes is the next tier above, is because he walked into the league with unbelievable throws and downfield attacks and and extending plays and chemistry and, and field vision and trick shots. And then when the league finally caught up a little bit to him, like just enough to kind of slow him down, he said, okay. And he started to develop this immediate short passing game, reading out defenses pre-snap, throwing against leverage, taking the underneath stuff, being willing to not be the superhero, being willing to just be like the regular mortal, let the offense work for him and let Andy Reid do the work. And that's why, like, like, I bring up the 2021 game and Eagles fans are like, dude, you got to like, look at the game. Like, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 186 yards, three touchdowns. Like, Tyreek Hill isn't there anymore. It's like, yeah, that's the point. Tyreek Hill isn't there anymore. And the Chiefs are still playing in this game. And Patrick Mahomes still set a single-season record for passing yards. And he's still got the best EPA per drop back in the league. And he's still going to win MVP. Offense was better statistically this year than last year. Yeah. The Chiefs' offense. Yeah. Yeah, he, he hasn't had Tyreek Hill. And they barely had a hiccup on the the you know in the heartbeat like it's 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 business as usual and so yeah the Eagles got demolished by Tyreek Hill last season but the Chiefs have moved on from the Tyreek Hill iteration of their offense and still found enormous success because of who 15 is so you don't stop Mahomes there are ways to slow him down there are things that he doesn't like you can also hassle some of the other dudes and make like the running game really ineffective and force them to be one-dimensional like there's stuff you can do to take the wind out of their sails but this is an endurance right this is it's going to be 60 minutes against a heavyweight fighter you're just trying to get to the end of the fight so that way it's a decision you're just trying not to get knocked out by the guy uh and that like i don't think you you beat mahomes i certainly don't think you do it uh, with a defense that plays like zone coverage. So I, I, um, I, I'm not confident that they're going to stop Mahomes. I think we're going to see a ton of points in this game. Here's a stat I uh, looked up. This one I'm actually confident about because I, I used to love these stats with the when I was covering the Seahawks. There were these stat, stats like the Seahawks have been within one score uh, 
in this many consecutive, it was like an NFL record. It was incredible mm-hmm. over the course. It just spoke to like, even when they lost, they were still competitive. They were still in these games. So Patrick Mahomes has started 93 games. The Chiefs have either had a fourth quarter lead or been within one score in the fourth quarter of how many of those games do you think out of 93? This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! 91. Ninety. Very close. Ugh. Ninety. I, I knew the Bucks game. Yeah. This Bucks Super Bowl was one. Yeah, that is one. They got like demolished by the Raiders one year for some reason. That one, they were within a score in the fourth quarter. They lost oh, were to they? the Raiders. Shoot. Yeah, they ended, okay, they the lost by eight, but there was a point in the fourth quarter where they were within a score. Uh, well, week eight five, is one score, so. Week, uh, I don't count it as one. Now this is like an analytics thing that the, the analytics people tell you don't me count don't as one ca- score. No, because the two point is like a 50-50 proposition. So they say like you're not like. I don't how know. Many drives, nerds, how many drives did it take tell to score ben. the eight points? Nerds, tell Ben. How many drives did it take me? to score the eight points? Listen, I'm happy to do eight. If, if, if we all want to do eight, let's all do eight. The nerds tell me, keep it at seven. So I'm not, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Wow. When you're out in Mobile today, find some nerds, ask them, <laughs> and then report back to me on our next episode. I know there are some nerds down there who can answer the question one way or the other. So the other two were a week five loss to the Bills in 2021 and a week seven loss to the Titans in 2021. So the Chiefs had yeah, that rough Titans stretch game. in the middle of last season where yeah. you're going, what's going on? And then they were still there at the end. So it's those two and the Super Bowl. So 97% of the time Patrick Mahomes starts a game, they either have a lead in the fourth quarter or are within one score. So that just kind of speaks to how hard it is to put that team away. Now, what you were speaking to, uh, yeah, like the people who are saying that Buck Super Bowl, like, that that is you made a good point. That is the formula. If this game gets out of hand in the Eagles' favor, if Eagles fans are feeling comfortable in the fourth quarter, it's because their pass rush just absolutely dominated and crushed this game. Now, having said that, to your point, everything the Chiefs have done since that game is to literally make sure that game never happens again. They, they literally remade their entire offensive line. They changed their offense. They gave Mahomes uh, more options to get the football out of his hands. And so that's why you really haven't seen that happen since. And I, you know, they have a very good offensive line. I think their tackles are gettable, especially uh, against, you know, with the Eagles edge rushers, but man, their interior, I remember Brandon Thorne did like a video breakdown after that game last year. And like the, the chiefs interior offensive line, they were getting after uh, the Eagles interior defensive line quite a bit uh, in that Mm -hmm. game. So it's not like this isn't a bad offensive line you're facing so it might not be quite as easy having said that if anyone's going to make a game-changing play it's probably going to be an Eagles edge rusher uh 
in this game. So just speaking about Mahomes, because I hadn't watched the game again when, when we last spoke on the postgame pod, I actually thought he didn't get like enough credit for that performance against the Bengals. I mean, he had some misses, no yeah. doubt about it, where the ankle affected him. But talk about putting the team on your back, three wide if receivers If you didn't down. know he had an ankle injury coming into the game, by what point in the game would you have figured it out? It's like maybe late in the third quarter. That's exa- it, it, It's that third quarter play where he had one of his best plays of the game rolling to his left, somehow right. third down. Sky Moore's third- running the wrong route. They got like five yeah. dudes in the window. Banana Incredible throw. throw. And then he starts limping a little bit uh, after that. Honestly, that was the first time I looked at it and go, oh, yeah, okay, his – his uh, his ankle there, and so uh, I just thought he was so, he, he was incredible in that game. I mean, some of the throws they make, um, or some of the throws he made in that game, like the touchdown to MVS, where he's got pressure in his face, he steps up, he's getting sandwiched, and it just gets past. I think it was uh, Mike Hilton on that play for the touchdown. Ooh. That is just like uh, you can't do anything, Ooh. and that's what he does. And so any level of hyperbole with which we can talk about Mahomes over the next week, like I. I don't think it is hyperbole. Like, I don't think you're crazy if you think he's the best quarterback you've ever seen. I don't think you're crazy if you say he will be better than Brady when all is said and done. Like, I actually lean towards uh, all those opinions. And some of the stats, the the next-gen stats had that Mahomes was 6-for-6 on the run, 6-for-6 outside the pocket, and 6-for-6 when holding the ball for four-plus seconds in that game with the ankle injury. And now, of course, He's getting two weeks off of that. So we'll get into it, you know, how how you can slow him down. They don't have the weapons that they've had necessarily in the past. But this offense, like I said, statistically, one of the numbers I put out there was not only are they first in EPA per drive, the Eagles are second, but the difference between the Chiefs and the Eagles is the same as the Eagles and the Browns, who were 17. Like the Chiefs were the best offense in the NFL by a long shot. And think about how good we felt about this Eagles offense for most of the season. Yeah. Now that includes the Minshew games and and everything like that. So um, those are included in there. But think of how good we felt about this Eagles offense. And the Chiefs have uh, kind of been in another time zone from them if you look at it statistically. Time zone? Did I use that right? Should it be another no, zone? because time zones don't really scale. It's not like the Eastern yeah, time no, zone is like one hour better so than the Central about? time zone. What was I trying to say? You're, you're trying. Is there another shield, zone? We, like, yeah, a little, little, you know, behind the curtain for the listeners. We had like a 10, 15 minute. Okay, let's try to plan out all of our pods <laughs> meeting before this pod. And like Shield's currently in Eastern time. I'm currently in Central time. We're both about to be in Mountain time. And man, oh, Shield God. was just like, okay. So at 12, which is 10 in Phoenix... But it's 11 where you are now. And so time zones was a big theme of the pre-show. I'm glad you brought up uh, stuff I screw up because I screwed up all kinds of stuff in the post-game pod. And I don't think anyone's even called me out on this. It was one of those things where the next day I go, wait, is that what I said? Like, I think I, I referenced the wrong NFC championship when they played the Bucks. It was, of course, uh, Brad Johnson who beat them. I was referring to a different game against Sean yeah, King. you said Sean King. Uh, Yeah, I said they won two Super Bowls, or this is their second Super Bowl appearance in five years, where it is their second Super Bowl appearance in six years. Uh, Again, the NFL season starting in one year, going to the next one. I guess that's not really an excuse, because then it would be even more. But anyway, I got that wrong. I said, I just totally, I think this is true. Listener, let me know if this is true. I think I just totally blacked out on the Chip Kelly years and said that since Andy Reid left they've gone to the super bowl like twice in six years with two different head coaches i think i said that again 
I didn't go back and listen. I don't look at my film, my own film. I'm not one of those podcasters. I, I, I we got to get a podcast coach in here who could take us to the film yeah. room and like make fun of us and, 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 and badger us when we do something wrong, put it up on the board, run it back 10,000 times. You know what? Uh, so BLG used to be our ombudsman for Birds with Friends. They haven't referenced him uh, in a while. I think we steal a BLG. I mean, you had BLG on. I know BLG listens to the pod. I know BLG is a great guy. I know BLG knows Eagles history. So BLG, when you listen to this episode, and if you never hear this, then listen, you're not, you, you can't be the ombudsman. You, you can't be the ombudsman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So we need you to be the person who like after the pods, because listen, I'm getting really old and my memory is terrible. Again, I need to up the almond intake. I'm not somebody who remembers this happened in this week, in this year. I don't do that at all. I'm a look-ahead type of football analyst, and so I need someone to call me out because when I was thinking about all those the day after, I'm like, what are you doing? This is a highly listened-to episode. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, and you screwed all that stuff up. So uh, <laughs> there you go. We'll put it out there to BLG. And listen, if you're saying, hey, I want, I want this role, don't just hand it to BLG. Uh, send in your resume, and we'll eventually make a decision. All right. So that's the temperature check on the offense and the defense. I think I'm pretty similar to you. I think I would come down a little bit on the Eagles offense. I would say my confidence in them play, saying they're definitely going to play a good game in the Super Bowl, 1-10. to 10. You had it as a 9. I think I would – can you go – Do you, are you one of these people who goes halves on like a scale of 1-10 to 10, or do you hate those people? I'll, I'll like if I said 7.5, would you mock me or no? I don't mind that that's like okay. equidistant between 5 and 10. If you were like three and a half, like just say three, man. But that one okay. I'm cool with. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go seven and a half. Uh, when you send in your questions, hashtag Ringer Philly. And if you also want to tell us where you are on that scale, that would be good. Defensively, there's a chance, again, chance that the pass rush down. It, it, the defensive analysis to me is so, is so simple. And it's not going to be this simple. We'll talk about the entire episode. But I really feel like it's just going to be like, does their pass rush kill him or does their yeah. pass rush not kill him? And if their pass rush doesn't right. kill him, he's going to carve him up. I don't know that there's it's, anything else that needs yeah. to be said. It's it's endurance and catch the picks is what it is. It's, yes. If you can make him take, you know, uh, 14 play drives instead of eight play drives, that's great. You're limiting the amount of times he touches the football, right? You're making them, them uh, run more plays and there's the opportunity for more mistakes. And then like, you know, like the Bengals, right? The Bengals are like on the ropes in that game. And then Mahomes just like dropped the ball on a screen. It like slipped out of his hands. And what like is legitimately like an act of Bengals God. Like this is what the Bengals, this is what they get whenever they play the Chiefs. When that happens, get to the football, right? When he yeah. when he throws the one and it it glances off of, you know, Fletcher Cox's helmet, TJ Edwards, dive and catch it, right? It's when, when you get the moments to, to get one on them, you can't miss them because they're few and far between. See, your drive point is actually an interesting question here. Because in the past, I would have said 100%. That's great if you can, like I've talked about before, um, shortening the game is about number of possessions, not time of possessions. And so if you limit Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes to eight drives, you have a better chance. Then if, if that number goes up to 11, eventually he's going to get you and the percentages are going to work in his favor. Having said that, Eagles are actually the fav slight favorites 
in this game. So if you were just taking the names across from it and saying the team that is a one and a half point favorite, you would actually say, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, shortening the game might not be the strategy because a larger sample, like if they score quick, your offense is getting the ball back and your offense has an edge against their defense. So like my gut agrees with you and says, no, let's just limit him to eight possessions and make sure you take advantages uh, of your possessions offensively. But if you kind of look at the line and who's the favorite, it might not be the case. I think the, the the team that's a favorite favors the long game because they're more likely to be better over the long term. Correct. And the team that's the, the underdog sample. favors the short game because they they want the chaos. They want the randomness to matter. I think that applies a lot more in instances of a spread of like seven where one team is clearly better than the other. Yeah, right? that's, that's where that logic to me implies. In this instance, like, yeah, it is one and a half Eagles are favored. They obviously, the, the line crossed zero hugely like right when it opened. But in general, like this, these are coin flip teams. Like this, this is a very close matchup. So to me, like it's not like, oh, we're the favorite. We want a long game. I look at 15 on the other side and I go, as few times as possible, what I yeah, like for him to I have the football. Yeah. I agree with that. Daynez, uh, if you're listening, give us your game theory uh, on that. If, if, uh, if, if it's true that you want to shorten this game or if it's not true, given the line, if that affects you at all. All right. Couple questions I wanted to get to, and then we can call it an episode here. Gaz asks, shout out from New Zealand, Shield. Loving New Zealand. You ever been to New Zealand? <laughs> no, but someday I will walk the Hobbit Trail. Uh, it's going to happen. Would love to go to a New Zealand. That sounds yeah, amazing. Uh, what do you think Gannon's plan will be to shut down Travis Kelsey? If he can't minimize Kelsey's impact, I think the Eagles will struggle to win uh, a couple notes uh, I wrote down here and then get your thoughts on this Ben uh, one is you can do the old you know one double 87 Bengals did a little bit of that uh, mm-hmm. on film high leverage situations third down you just commit you know it's the oldest trick in the book you commit more bodies to their best player and say we're good with our corners on guys like uh, MVS and whoever else is going to be playing wide receiver we'll see what the injury report says that's one two is this a big Chauncey Gardner Johnson opportunity can he physically hold up against a travis kelsey and you say hey if we're playing man coverage on third down chauncey gardner johnson come on you want that big contract in the offseason go shut down travis kelsey in these high leverage situations the entire nfl is watching we trust you to do this i thought that was another one and then just the third thing i'll say is a really challenging part uh, about covering Travis Kelsey is the improvisation. And he's talked about this on his podcast. You saw it on that touchdown last week, right? Where he's designed to run the corner route. Jesse Bates has outside leverage. He says, okay, I'll just kind of come back and chill here. Him and Patrick Mahomes have had so many reps together. And occasionally you'll see them not on the same page for this, but man, more often than not, they just kind of see what's happening on a play run to green grass, make it work. It doesn't have to be the exact route that was called, and you get a touchdown there. They do have sort of that freedom uh, within the offense that makes them especially difficult. So what do you think about what I said? What do you think about covering Travis Kelsey? Yeah, so you uh, you referenced one double, right? So we're playing man cover, right? Cover one, and then double 87. Let's double Kelsey. The Eagles typically don't like to run one double because they're running man, and they don't want to run man. You also don't want to run man against Mahomes because... Mahomes, and if you run man cover, then you have your eyes are not on the quarterback, they're not on the uh, on the pocket, they're on the receivers, and then Mahomes can scramble and he can kill you with that. The number one thing the Bengals do 
when they play Mahomes. The Bengals historically been pretty good against Mahomes is they play with eyes of the pocket. They play with zone eyes, right? And then they try to play really, really, really good zone. Good news for the Eagles. That's what they want to be. When the Eagles double, uh, what they'll they'll typically do is they'll they're They'll get calls in, in the quarters family and the cover two family that double Kelsey depending on where he lines up, right? And so like if he lines up in the slot, then they'll play zone and they'll have like, you know, guys drop to the areas around him and they'll have their eyes on him. If he lines up, you know, like uh, to the outside, then they'll shade a deep half safety over to him. If he lines up, you know, as an isolated receiver, right? Then they'll have, you know, the guy play him, you know, uh, with like with like cover two rules and there'll be a squat corner. Like the coverage will change based off where Kelsey lines up. This is good. This is the right way to do it because they play hide and seek with Kelsey. That's to their benefit. The other problem is that the Chiefs will motion Kelsey like crazy when they know this is happening, right? It's like, oh, you're running coverage rules based off where 87 is? He's moving. And now you got to communicate on the fly. And you have to make sure everybody knows the responsibilities and correcting their responsibilities uh, off of Kelsey's movement. That becomes particularly hairy when one of the guys that with coverage responsibilities is like a defensive end, right? Like when they're in their five down front, one of like sweat or Reddick might have to drop. Now you move Kelsey around. Now who has to drop changes, right? This is the, this is the sort of thing where like the Eagles will have calls that allow them to double Kelsey, especially on third down. The chiefs will know that. And they're going to do the weirdest stuff you've ever seen with Travis Kelsey in an effort to just break rules, right? Force communication busts. So I don't think you're to see man cover. Uh, and like true double teams on Kelsey, I think you're going to see that. And I think you're going to see a ton of motion with Kelsey and like use him as window dressing to get somebody else open with, with that sort of chess match in mind. What I would largely say though, is that like, I don't think you need to handle Kelsey. Like, I don't think you need to say this is, this is the whole thing because Kelsey. Siri's talking to me. Kelsey. Oh, I was going to, I thought you looked at yeah. your watch and forgot like the biggest, like the no, like, no, no, important no. meeting or, okay. All right. You looked very panicked. I, I'm trying to figure out what word I said that sounded like S I R I, but somebody <laughs> can listen back and tell me anyway. Uh, two or three years ago when the chiefs were like, all we do is throw the ball downfield. We're insane. Kelsey was unbelievable at going downfield and like making these deep catches and whatever. Recently, as he's gotten past 30 and then as the chiefs office has changed, He's short to intermediate stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's going to be like a high-volume target no matter what. He's going to be a chain mover on third down no matter what. But the sort of targets that the Eagles like to give up are often the targets that Kelsey gets. Still have to tackle him. But, like, you're not you're obviously not more worried about MVS than you are Kelsey. But you're going to play zones. They're going to throw the ball on first down. You're going to have eyes on Kelsey. And you're going to try to connect to him. Mahomes is going to fit it in there. They have unbelievable chemistry. He's going to find a little space. He's going to get an eight-yard gain. That's what this defense is kind of built for. You know what I'm saying? So I think like Kelsey's going to end up with a lot of catches and a lot of yards, but that's kind of okay-ish so long as he's doing all of that like in the 10-yard window. It's if he's opening himself up 15 yards down the field and they're getting all these intermediate shots, that's when you're in trouble. But that's not really how they've used Kelsey. They've used him as like a total volume shooter over the last like year, year and a half. And that's not as scary as it sounds. All right. Ben's not worried about Travis Kelsey. You heard it here first. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> we'll see where we are in a week. So next week, we're going to do our big like, all right, here is actually how we definitively feel about each side of the ball, 
Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense. And then the next episode will be Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense after we've been there talking to players, talking to coaches, grinding the film, looking at the numbers. We'll settle on exactly what we think. These are just some first impressions. As you're having these conversations with your friends this weekend, you can sprinkle some, sprinkle some of this in or tell them uh, how dumb we are and say, you know, download the podcast, but don't listen to the podcast because you'll only get stupider. So listen, that's up to you. As long as you download, subscribe, you know that's all I care about. All right, let's finish it with this question from loyal listener, SRM Chef. I appreciate you, SRM Chef. I mean, anytime we have a question for or a call for get your questions in, SRM Chef comes in and He's gets one in. He says, who do you think has the best chance at Super Bowl MVP from the Eagles, my big money is on Hassan Reddick. Let me give you some odds here from FanDuel. Ben, I have a name in mind, but I want to hear yours uh, first. So Jalen Hurts, obviously, these are just Eagles players again, um, is the Eagles' favorite at plus 125. A.J. Brown is plus 1,400. Miles Sanders is plus 2,400. Devontae Smith is plus 2,600. And Hassan Reddick is plus 3,400. Uh, just is there, do you have like a gut call on, you know what, if the Eagles win this game, mm-hmm. I could see player X winning the MVP, whether it's Reddick Hurts or somebody else. Reddick is a great one because when you're betting MVP, you're betting on the condition that the Eagles won. And one of the, you know, uh, uh, precipitate like assumptions off the Eagles winning is the Eagles pass rush had a really good game. Uh, and even if it's not, like had an incredible game. It's Eagles Pastors had a good enough game that at some point they like generated a turnover, generated a hit, so on and so forth. And like Reddick's the most likely for that. The thing is, if you're gonna bet that Reddick at 3400 is great, but I'm sure Josh Sweat's like six thousand. He's also gonna be on the field, right? And so it's kind of like, all right, what if we, you know, you know, I get get even a little bit. Josh shaky. Sweat, this is interesting. Hassan Reddick is plus 3400. Josh Sweat plus 15,000. Holy yeah, cow! Like, like right, and 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 it's because oh, like Reddick's been incredibly productive. But again, like in this instance, you'd be giving out the MVP for the Brandon Graham play against Brady. Which, by the way, we didn't even talk about this. Brady retiring, huge for the Eagles Super Bowl odds. Enormous. The last guy you beat, at retiring this week. I love it. I think it's great vibes. I I I'm I'm really into that. That feels good. It feels like a final victory. Anyway. And, uh, and by the way, I will be giving. There's already been some questions about this, and so I nailed the most important play in Eagles franchise history with my prediction before the last Super Bowl to the second, by the way, go ahead and pull up the YouTube. If you don't believe me, I will be offering that prediction on for this Super Bowl on our Thursday, 10 episode next week. I need to get the, I need to walk the streets of Phoenix, see what I'm feeling. Look some of these guys in the eye, you know, see what I'm feeling. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Flip in the scripture. I'm asking the questions. Is that yeah. the coolest thing you've ever done? It's got to be the coolest thing you've oh, ever yeah. done. 100%. Look at me. It's so I've got cool. Gray hairs in my beard. I'm a huge loser. I don't leave my house. I mean, what could no, I do no, no, that no, no, would no. be cooler than nailing the second? I mean, to right. the second. I'm just yeah. saying it goes like first kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Brandon yeah, Graham prediction, second kid, yeah. marriage. That, yeah. I think that's got to be the order. Yeah, I think I think my wife would be fine if I did kid, kid, yeah. Brandon Graham marriage. Yeah, I think she would be okay, fine. Okay, okay, okay. There we go. You know, I think she would predict that. Like if you if you contacted yeah. her and said rank them, I think I'm pretty sure that's how she would rank them. That's good. Exactly. <laughs> Again, compromise. We see it out. Um, what were we talking about? 
Uh, oh yeah, you're gonna make your I prediction. Have no idea. Um, okay, yeah, so yeah. Josh Sweat is a fun MVP bet. Um, I'd be surprised if it isn't Hurts. Uh, uh, if memory serves, the MVP voting happens before the end of the game, which is kind of really dumb, but that's how they have is to do that it. True. I think that's so. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. So they're try- I remember because I was in the booth last year trying to get you're people. Right. I-, I was in the booth last year trying to get people who are actually important and have votes to vote for Aaron Donald, and I started too late on my propaganda campaign for Donald. But like, if you have like a game-winning sack like that, it actually doesn't get like it's too late. Like the votes are already in, and Hertz gonna have a ton of counting stats. So I would say Hertz is your is your bet. Don't quote me on that. We'll double check that. Now I'm just so mad. Like, how is that possible? In you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how much of sports betting is learning dumb rules and how that affects <laughs> markets. Oh my gosh, that drives me nuts. All right, so I was leaning towards one of their wide receivers. Now that might not be a great option because of what you just said. If the wide receivers are having big games, then Jalen Hurts is probably having a big game. And it's going to go uh, to the quarterback. So I totally, uh, I totally get that. You would almost need like Hertz to have a couple turnovers, but also like AJ Brown to have 165 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. So the reason I was leaning towards the wide receivers, I don't know if people realize how many mm-hmm. rookies this Chiefs team plays, but I'm sure you realize that you've been following the Chiefs. But they had five defensive rookies last week play at least 25 snaps. They had three yep. rookie corners play 50-plus snaps because Legereus Sneed goes down. Then literally their secondary is four out of six when they're in dime Trent are rookies. Definitely. And the three corners yeah. are Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie, and Joshua Williams. And so we'll see if Here's Legereus a, uh, Sneed plays in this game. I mean, if he had a concussion, uh, if he plays, then you're talking about two rookies. But still, I mean, that that's a lot of rookies to go up against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown in the secondary. Yeah, real quick, this is from Chris Trapasso of CBS. Uh, 283 games this season, including the playoffs. The Chiefs, 418 snaps played by rookies. That includes special teams. 418 total snaps played by rookies in Sunday's AFC Championship game was the most by any team rookies in a win this year. So for a winning team this year, the Chiefs played more rookies than any other winning team in the AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) Bananas. It's, it's nuts. They have 11 players on their 53-man roster are rookies. 11 players on their 53-man There's roster. There's only seven rounds of the draft. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got one more for you. Let's do a little guessing game here. So I can either tell you how many, and this is just offensive and defensive snaps, I can either tell you how many total offensive and defensive snaps Eagles rookies have played or how many offensive and defensive snaps snaps Chiefs rookies have played and then you have to guess the other. So do you want me to tell you Chiefs or Eagles? Tell me Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs rookies have played 4,087 snaps from scrimmage this year. How many do you think Eagles rookies have played? Okay. Eagles rookies who have taken a snap this year. <laughs> Jordan Davis. Is it just Reed Jordan? Blankenship. Reed. Okay, okay, good. You saved me there. So Jordan yeah. Davis and Reed. Davis is taking about 300. Reed's probably taking like 300-ish. I'll go 600 total snaps, offensive, defensive rookies for the Eagles. Uh, Not bad. 989. Who am so I missing? Chi- 
Uh, I don't know. I don't have all their rookies. I'll, I'll look. Uh, I'll look. I'll look. I'll look. I don't trust you to look anymore. In front of me. Okay. Uh, so the Chiefs rookies have played more than four times as many snaps as Eagles rookies. And as Ben just alluded to, this isn't like oh early uh, in the season. Uh, uh, Calcaterra. Calcaterra. There you go. Calcaterra is who I'm missing. Ah, oh, that was dumb. That was a mistake. I, I think we're missing out. somebody oh. else. I think we're probably missing somebody else uh, too. But Let's anyway. see. Some, somebody's yelling at their uh, – are you doing – do offensive and then defensive. It's kind of tricky uh, – in there. N'Kobe uh, Dean's played like 40 snaps. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like, they just like assumed he'd it. come out in the wash. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't uh, make yeah, it big. If, right. No. If Calcaterra's played about 300, Reed's played about 300, Jordan Davis played about 300, there's your 900. Yeah. Reed's yeah, 346. Are... Jordan Davis's 259. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the main guys. So that's, Calcaterra. I mean, I don't know. Like I sometimes think experience is overrated, but you know, as we're looking at this matchup, there's going to be a lot of uh, guys on the chiefs and who knows if they're good players, they're good players. But um, again, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith against some of those guys in their secondary, when you know that the chiefs are at least going to uh, play some man coverage, they'll, they'll play some man coverage. That is something in the Eagles favor. So I'll, I'll go with uh how about a Devontae Smith? I think Devontae Smith is, is going to show yeah. up um, in this game again. It's not a great bet because if he's having a big game, Hurts is having a big game, but I think that's not a bad one. And I'll leave you with this nugget because I, I see some of the takes about the Eagles' uh, schedule, and we talked about it in terms of playoff path. Yeah, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy for a possession, and Josh Johnson, that's nice. If we zoom out and look at an entire body of work, Eagles have had the easiest schedule in the NFL, but the Chiefs have had the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL in terms of DVOA. So, it, you know, if, if you have some Chiefs friends or someone giving you a hard time this weekend, you can at least use that good, nugget. Good. This is right. the uh, it's the nugget pod. It's just like, hey, here's some, yeah. you know, you throw this out at some of your friends. Make sure you get like, hey, yeah. like if you listen to Sheila and Ben, you would know that yeah. the Chiefs rookies have 4,000 snaps on the year. You don't know these things. You don't listen to Sheila and Ben. Listen to the nugget pod. I don't know if people even do that. I mean, I rem like this is how I generally operate. Like I, I can remember 2004 in college, and you go out like the weekend before, and all you're talking about is the Super Bowl, and so you, you know you want to have some of those uh, nuggets to drop. Now, if you're around someone, this is the last question I'll ask you. Um, so if you're around somebody who has like no NFL knowledge but is still like firing off take after take and this doesn't have to be recently like as you're working if you were in high school or college or whatever will you mm -hmm. be the like well actually person or do you just are you just like oh yeah you know yeah yeah that could that 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 could happen how, how do you do it because very different me and college roommate lemur he could not let it go i mean he would go as far as to be like no, right. he's not the punter he he's not the punter he's the kicker like he would correct strangers on this type of stuff where i go why do you just let the guy go you know guys probably had like mm -hmm. you know 11 beers and is talking to you about some punter you don't need to correct him there i would just let it go how do you usually operate you know me what would i do would you correct him i i don't know i haven't been like big in big social settings with you i would lean to right. no but i i wouldn't think you would correct everybody i think you got a little more awareness than that or do you correct yeah. you look I, like you correct I'll put it everybody. this way when i was in you asked like yes like could it be in the past like when you were in high school when i was in high school i would have corrected everybody I like to think that an arc of my personal <laughs> development as a, as a young adult <laughs> has been maybe doing that a little bit less. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know this because in general, I don't, 
I, I try not to correct people. I'm like, oh, you know, that can happen. And like, you know, we'll see and like whatever. And then I go home and I visit my family and I get with my dad. And then I'm like, Dad, it's not Alex High, you know, Starp, it's Alex High Smith. How do you not know the players on your own team? Because he's a Steelers fan. And I'm like, how do you not know their fourth receiver? Like, I immediately go right back to being a 14-year-old. Uh, so, yeah, I think I wouldn't. But in some cases, mm. yes. You've matured. Cliff, get in here for a second. Cliff, how you doing? We haven't, we haven't heard from you the entire episode. What, Cliff's what is Cliff? What does Cliff do? Cliff, if you're around, you know, if you're around like your boys and, you know, they, they're mentioning something in about the Eagles or the Sixers or just general NFL, NBA, are you the type that will correct that person? Or are you just like, all right, you know, this guy, we're, we're out on a Saturday night. I don't need to be spending my time doing this. Uh, we, we be having like real arguments about sports at different times. <laughs> Last night we was talking about Lamar Jackson's rookie season. That's how, that's how deep and embedded my, you know, my friends get with, the sports commentary. I mean, that's why I have such a love for this whole this whole field because it, it's not about the the verbal arguments or the verbal disputes or anything like that. But I just love going back and forth for with people and like hearing dumb takes, like just dumbass takes, and just trying to <laughs> stupid takes. Like I remember last, I think I think last week, me and a friend of mine, what were we arguing? I think we was arguing about um like Jokic's MVP season, right? Something as stupid as that. And I'm like, listen, the numbers are crazy. He's probably putting up better numbers than he did previous two MVP years. He's like, no, he's not. He didn't deserve the MVP, blah, 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 that year. And he doesn't deserve it this year. And I'm just – and we just go back and forth and just spar each other. Like, I mean, we done gotten some serious arguments and heated, spirited debates about sports. Like, But that's just what it is in Philly. Like, if, if you're a true fan and you truly love sports, then that's what happens. And I – me personally – I love going back and forth with people. I just love doing it. I love proving somebody wrong. It sounds weird. It sounds crazy, but <laughs> especially when it's like one of my good friends or I, I don't really be going up to like randos and being like, yo, like this yeah, super crazy or you don't do this or you don't do that. <laughs> I will check the shit out of my friends and be like, yo, you you, you haven't been watching. Like I'll, I'll just say, like, you don't watch the game. Fine. Just admit it. You don't watch the game. I love it. Yeah, no, I agree. What else? I mean, what else are you going to talk about? Like every friend I've ever made is because of sports. What am I going to talk about? Politics? There's or a, come on, come on. Yeah, there's right. nothing better than a good, just admit you don't watch the games. Just say it. It's okay. Just say it. Just admit you don't watch the games. Just <laughs> People say that say to us. People are throwing Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, we got to be careful. Don't give them more uh, ammo there. Ben watches too many games. <laughs> ben would like right. to watch Yeah, I think games. that is true. That is true. Yeah. All right. That will wrap it up for this episode. Ben, go meet some NFL people on the streets of Mobile. We will be back very soon. This feed is just going to be filled from now until kickoff on next Sunday. So, again, keep those questions coming. Hashtag Ringer Philly. We'll use them throughout all these episodes and especially the Thursday 10 next week. Leave those reviews, all that stuff. Subscribe, ratings. And everything else, thank you to Cliff, the GOAT producer, once again for producing the show. Thank you to Ben for checking in from Mobile. We will talk to everyone soon on the Ringers Philly Special.